as Andrew was talking about, a number of ladies gone, and I got a text from Lisa, and she said this morning, uh, this was something about noon, but they had had a, a morning of uh, ministry time and stuff. Just, um, and she says, amazing ministry time, incredibly deep healing. I've never experienced something quite like it. Sweet, rejuvenating, restoring, healing, prophetic. On our way to the pool now. So that's what that kind of ministry does to you. It provokes you to go to the pool. Well, it's be great. I'm looking forward to uh, next week, Mother's Day, Mother's Day weekend, and uh, it's going to be a, a wonderful time here uh, together celebrating our moms. And uh, tonight we have a very special opportunity, and uh, we have a, a young bloke from, uh, from England who's with us. He's come over to visit his son. And uh, you guys will remember from uh, last year, I think it was, last year uh, over at the Northgate facility, and Graham White was with us. And uh, Graham brought a word to us, and he asked a number of questions about what, what do we have and what does God want to use? How, what is it in our lives that, um, that he's calling us to give to him, no matter how small we might think it might be, how insignificant we think it might be, God has a desire to use every single one of us. I heard that he was coming. We always love getting together with he and Sarah, and she's not here this time on this trip. But uh, we look forward to the next time. I know she'll be there for the next one. Uh, that will be wonderful because we're expecting great, great things to be going on at that point in time. And uh, But anyway, Graham is, um, he is a wonderful father, and uh, he's got a... He's got all sons, but he's got a bunch of daughter-in-loves that have been joined to his family. And uh, all your boys are married now, aren't they? Yeah? He's got a wonderful number of grandkids. But he's going to come and, and uh, share with us now the Word of God. Would you help me just welcome him? Big open door welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Eric. Right. Well, it's great to be with you. Um, we've got a title up there just to intrigue you, Run for Your Life. And um, I'm going to move this back a bit because we're actually going to be moving around a bit. Um, I need volunteers tonight. But they're not going to be volunteers because it's just about going to be all of you. If you want to know, it's about 14, 28, 42 volunteers I need. So, so I'm going to rope everybody in. But first, um, I bring greetings from England. I bring greetings from my wife, Sarah. And I bring greetings from our pastor, uh, Phil, and his wife, Hayfoot. I think they're coming to visit you a bit later um, in the year. And um, so it's great to be here. Great to see what God is doing amongst you. Uh, some of you um, may have seen on the news yesterday, um, Kate had a baby. Did you see that? Did any of you see that? Prince, Prince William and his wife Kate, they had a baby girl. So now they have George and the girl. I don't think we've got a name yet. Um, but I mention that because um, we've been singing about fathering tonight and it's actually, what I have to share with you tonight really comes particularly from my heart. So it's particularly for dads, but it's for mums as well um, because, yes, Okay. 
Yes, so what I have to share is particularly for dads, but it's, it's equally valid um, for, for mums as well. And, uh, you know, I was just thinking, you know, Prince uh, William, there he is, his life is starting up for his, his daughter, and he has a responsibility, doesn't he, raising that boy and that girl, as each one of us do, raising our families. And um, it sets me thinking, can we have the next slide? Now, uh, that is the beginning of my family tree. Uh, you it's probably too difficult. There's me on the far left, and down below you can see my five boys, Daniel, Jonathan, Alexander, Timothy, and Andrew, who you know. And then back there, going through the generations, and it goes back and back and back. And uh, I, I just uh, actually found genealogy really interesting about where did I come from? How did I, you know, what's happened in my life? And um, down on the right, you probably can't see it, um, but there's a, a lady there called Elizabeth Mee. And if you found, if I follow her family tree and follow her ascendants all the way back, I get back to about 1320. And in that line was an archer who fought at the Battle of Agincourt. And it just struck me, you know, if one arrow had gone wrong, I wouldn't be here. Be here. In fact, um, uh, it, when I uh, so Andrew, many of you know, Andrew was born in Africa and living in Africa. I was actually teaching in a university, and one of the things I taught was statistics. Now, a lot of people think that is incredibly boring, but I actually really quite enjoy statistics. And one of the things you teach in statistics is probability. You think, where's he going with this talk tonight? And, um, but when I start thinking about myself and I look at my genealogy, I think to myself, you are an impossibility. I mean, the, the probability of me being here today is so infinitesimally small. I mean, it's, it's 0.000000 and you could go around the world writing noughts before you get to a, a one to say that's the likelihood that I will be here. And you say, I mean, why is that? Well, I mean, just even very simply, when my mum and dad came together and I was conceived, there was a race on that night. And they said, ready, steady, go. There were 150 million sperm after that one egg. And it was, it was you know, you've heard of, of, of Easter egg hunts and all that sort of thing. I mean, this was the ultimate egg hunt. And I want to tell you something tonight, friends. I won. I won the race. You won the race. You won the race. You won the race, Maddie. You won the race, Andrew. Each one of us, we won that race. And I want to tell you tonight, God made you a winner. You know, often the world tries to put us, you're a loser. God made each one of us to be a winner. And I just say, thank you, Father. God has called me to be a winner. So let's roll on to the next slide, and um, I just want to dive into and look at the the store, um, the, the genealogy of Jesus. Just as I'm interested in my own genealogy and where I come from, I actually find it fascinating to think, well, where did Jesus come from? So let's go to the next slide, please. 
And Matthew 1.1, if you want a text, we're going to be looking in Matthew chapter 1. And we read, the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. And there we have an amazing list of names. Let's go to the next slide. And we start with this amazing story of fathering. Abraham was the father of Isaac. Isaac was the father of Jacob. Jacob was the father of Judah. And it goes on and on. It's all about fathering. Now, I want us to start at the beginning with Abraham. I'm, I'm going to get Glenn. Come up here. I told you I've got volunteers, but I'm sorry. Don't have any volunteers. You're, you're chosen. <laughs> and you come and stand by me. Now, you see, God spoke to Abraham, didn't he? And he said to Abraham, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you, and I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. There you are. That's the calling on his life. He picks it up. And he's got to run with it. So Abraham went as the Lord had told him. So off we go. Come on, let's start. I say running for your life. I think Abraham actually, he plodded. He just kept walking, you know, because he went up and down, up and down. You know, and and in one sense, I mean, Hebrews tells us that he didn't see the fulfillment of the promise, but he believed it by faith that it was coming. And uh, one of the things I, I, I like about that, you know, is that God spoke to Abraham and says, through you, all um, families in the world are going to be blessed. One of the things I, you know, often in churches, you hear people say, Father, I want a blessing. Father, I want a blessing. And I always pray over my family. And every day I say, Father, make me a blessing. Because that's, that's what God said to Abraham, through you, Every family on earth will be blessed. So Abraham went up and down, and he he went about the call of God on his life. He married Sarah, didn't he? And he and he he knew that God had a purpose. I'm just going to move this. Hold it. Stay there. Stay there. And there was a call of God on his life, um, and that through him there was going to be multiplication. But it didn't happen, and he tried to do it in his own way. But in time, God gave him Sarah, and God gave him a son. And the name of the son was Isaac. Hand it on, hand it on to Isaac, okay? So you can sit down, okay? And off, off we go with Isaac. And there is a call of God on Isaac's life. I'm going to grab my notes. Stay there. And, um, and God, the Lord appeared to Isaac and said, I am the God of Abraham, your father. Fear not, for I am with you, and I will bless you. I'll multiply your offspring for my servant Abraham's sake. So he built an altar there and called upon the name of the Lord and pitched his tent. And there Isaac's servants dug a well. Isaac, well, Abraham fathered this man. He handed on the commission. And so this man keeps going up and down up and down. Abraham dies, but in a sense he's still there. Now, Glenn, here, do something for me. I want you to shout the word grace. 
grace. That's it. He's shouting at you. He's still, even though he's passed on, but he's still watching over and just trusting for that word to be fulfilled. Now, Isaac had two sons, didn't he? Do you remember their names? Hmm? Jacob. Well, Esau was the older one, was it? Esau and Jacob, right? So I want um, Jacob. Come on, Andrew. You can be Jacob. <laughs> All right? And, and now you work, walk along, and you're training him and preparing him. And you pass on the baton, and you give it to him. Go on, hand it over. There you go. And you go to glory. Okay. And, and, and you, you, keep, you keep carrying. Now, Jacob, Jacob doesn't do very well, actually, because his, his dad asks him and, and, and wants to pass on this blessing. And, but he wants to give it to Esau because Esau was the older one. You know the story. I won't go in, into it all about how Rebecca says to, to Jacob, because Rebecca liked Jacob and Isaac liked Esau, and so they dressed him up and said, you pretend to be Esau and you'll get the blessing and everything. It was, you know, this is God's family, God's chosen one. And here was Jacob trying to get the blessing off his father. And so he cheated and he lied and he was dishonest. And in the end, he had to go. And I mean, in many ways, I felt, you know, when he lied like that, he dropped the call, didn't he? He was trying to get it in his own way, but not in God's way. And so he went up and down, but in a sense, he'd lost that vision. He'd lost the calling. But he always knew that somewhere it was there. And somehow, he had to make, make, make it right with God. And that happened. And you, did you know when, when it happened? The night that he wrestled with God. Do you remember? And we read, and he wrestled with God all night. And he says, I want the blessing. I won't let you go, he would say to God. I won't let you go unless you bless me. And in, in the end, the man he was wrestling with asks Jacob a question. Do you know what the question is? Do you remember the question? Hmm? What's your name? I think Jacob says to himself, not that question again. I hate that question. Why does he hate that question? Why does he hate that question? Hmm? What, who, who asked him that question before? His dad. And what did he say to his dad? He said, my name is Esau. And every time people would say to him, hi, nice to meet you, what's your name? Yes, I don't like that question. I don't like that question because it reminded him that he cheated his dad. And it reminded him that his name, what does Jacob mean? The, the deceiver. He says, I don't like that name. And, and, as he and as Jacob wrestled with God, and he said, I won't let you go and give me that blessing until you give me that blessing. And God, says to, and God says to Jacob, okay, what is your name? And finally, he says, my name is Jacob. He says, God, I'm a deceiver. I've messed up. And it's as it were, God picks up the vision. He picks up the calling, puts it back in his hand, and says, 
now your name is going to be Israel. You know, God is constantly at work restoring, isn't he? We need to keep we need to keep going with our story. So this man, how many sons does he have? Jacob? Hmm? Twelve. Huh? Um, how many wives? Well, two wives and two concubines, isn't it? I, think, I, I, <laughs> I forget. He has a, anyway, he has a lot. So he's got twelve sons. And um, the one that's actually going to carry on in this lineup here. So um, Jacob is the father of Judah. Come on, you can be Judah. No, maybe not. No, wait a minute. I'm going to get somebody else to be Judah. I'm going to call you in for somebody. Would you like to come and be Judah for us? Thank you very much. Okay. Now, I think I want, <laughs> I want you two, Abraham and Isaac. I mean, you look at what's been happening to Jacob, all right? And I want you to shout, both of you, shout that word again. What's the word? Grace. Shout it. Come on. Grace, grace, grace. You know, because in a sense, it's God's grace at work, keeping this message going, keeping the vision going. This was a, a message that was given to Abraham. How's it going to keep going? And he passes it on to Judah. Come and sit down then. Okay, after you go to glory. So here's Judah. Okay. Did Judah do any better? Huh? On the sort of scale of holiness, where does he go? Was he up here or somewhere down there? He's probably under the floor, actually. I mean, who is this guy? Do, do, what do we know about Judah? He had four sons. If I hold on, I've, I've even got a crib sheet here because when you get into genealogies, you need a bit of a crib sheet. He had four um, four sons. He married a Canaanite woman called Shua. Sorry, three sons. The first one was called Ur. The second one was Onan, and the third one was called Sheila. And uh, sounds like Sheila, but it was Sheila. S H E L A H. So the first one, Ur. He married to a young lady called Tamar. Now, the Bible, all, all it says is that Ur was wicked. And the Lord took him or, and, 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 and destroyed him. So Tamar was a widow. So you, as, as a dad, thought, well, if, yeah, because Ur didn't have a son, we've got to have a, a son to carry on the name. So he gave him to the next one, who was Onan, I think, wasn't he? And he came to Onan, and Onan said, no, I'm not going to do it. And he, would, he refused to have a child with Tamar. And God took him to. So there was only one left, Sheila. And, yeah, and Judah... Um, said, okay, wait until he's grown up and then you can marry um, Sheila. Sheila grew up, but Judah did not give him to Tamar. And Tamar waited, and let's keep plodding up and down. Tamar waited and waited and waited, but it never happened. So then she was rather crafty. Wasn't I mean, you know, you look at the book of Genesis and you think, this is God's family. What a mix-up they get into. So do you know what she did? She dressed up as a prostitute. Judah. So was walking along the road, and there was this prostitute. So he went in to see the prostitute, 
And well, to cut a long story short, a few months later, people came to tell Judah, do you know that your daughter-in-law Tamar is pregnant? Pregnant? He was very angry. And he decided that she should be stayed. And then she sent a message to him and said, I'm, I'm pregnant by the man who left me these items. And she sent back his stick and something else that he, he left with her. And he's, oh, wow. And then he realized, I mean, what a mix-up. You know, sometimes if you think, listen, guys, I've got problems in my family. God had problems in his, in his family, huge problems. But God kept going. He didn't give up. And uh, so Tamar had two boys. She had twins. Their names were Perez and Zerah. And um, Zerah, if you remember in the Bible, he tried to come out first, stuck a hand out, and then Perez pushed in and said, no, you're not going first, I'm going first. And those, and do you remember Zerah, they stuck a, 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 a cord round, round his wrist, and, and the baby drew the hand back in, and, Pera, and, and Perez came out first. And, um, and, the, and, they, and they said, um, and when Zerah was born, they always said, he was born first. And, uh, and Perez says, no, I came out first. So there, there was always an argument between the two. Who was the oldest? <laughs> and so, at any rate, um, they grew up, and Judah passed the baton on to Perez. Mark, come on, you can be, you can be Perez. Thank you. <coughs> so let's, let's shout grace, because he needs lots of grace. Come on, one, two, three, grace. <laughs> so on we go, and Perez, he carries the baton for a season, and he passes the baton on to, uh, to um, Hezron. Some of these we're going to have to short circuit. You can, you can sit down. Come on, let's have a shout of grace. Hezron, he walks and he carries the call of God on the life of his family. Up and down, he carries it. And then he passes the baton on to his son, and he, the, the word says he fathered Ram. Would you would you be a Ram? Yes. Come on there. So come on then. And we come, Ram. There we go. And you pass it on, and Ram, you can sit down. Thank you. That, that, so we'll, we'll find somebody. As I told you, everybody. All right. And we come along, and then we need Aminadab. All right. You're going to be father of Aminadab. Sir, please come and join us. Be Aminadab. There we go. Thank you. Now, Aminadab, you think, who's Aminadab? Now, he's actually quite an interesting guy, because he has two, um, he has a, he fathers a man called Nashon. And he also has um, a daughter, whose name is Eliasha. And Eliasha marries Aaron. So where do, you, where do you think these people we've been thinking about uh, Perez and Tamar and Hezron and Ram? Where, where have they been? Where have they been living? Can you tell me where you've been living? Anybody? Where, have they, where were they living? Were they in Canaan? In Egypt, weren't they? These were the ones who were building the pyramids. Huh? You wanted to know? Yes. Because Judah and Judah, they sold Jacob, uh, they sold Joseph into slavery. And then 
they went down into Egypt, didn't they? So here we are living in Egypt. These people out of the land of promise. Now I want to jump back now just a moment to um, uh, Jacob. Who was? I can't remember who, who was Jacob. You, um, no, uh, you were Judah. You, you were Jacob. You were, you were, you were, you were Jacob. Grace. <laughs> I just want you to, to, to remember something about um, Jacob. Because do you remember how Jacob, he got the message to say Joseph is still alive? Do you remember? Because he thought he died, he'd been killed, and, and then he got a message he's alive, and they went back down, and it all came about the, the whole story and everything. Uh, what had really happened, and how the brothers had said he'd been killed by a wild animal, and it wasn't the truth. So Jacob, you see, there was a call of life, a call of God on Jacob's life. And that was God called them to be there in the land. And it was jolly hard for him, in a sense, to go down to Egypt. But God had said to him, you go, it's all right, I know what I'm doing. Okay, question here. The first four words of the book of Genesis, what are they? You know them, I'm sure. What is it? In the beginning, God. Okay. Who can tell me the last five words of the book of Genesis? doesn't matter which translation you're in. Last five words of the book of Genesis. Hmm? Last five words say, in a coffin in Egypt. What a story. I mean, what a summary. You want to know a summary of the book of Genesis. It starts, in the beginning, God. And it finishes, in a coffin in Egypt. Talk about everything gone wrong. All right? You can look it up. Doesn't, it doesn't matter what translation you look at. It's always there. Now, sorry, I'm coming back to you. And you have to remind me, you're a minadab, aren't you? Because it's an amazing story. I'm going to have to race along. But Jacob, Jacob said before they went down into, um, before he, he was down in Egypt, and when he died, just before he died, he gave an instruction to his boys. And do you know what he said? He says, um, um, yes, uh, it was, uh, sorry, I, I get a bit confused. Jo um, Joseph was buried in Egypt, but Jacob said, when I die, um, he says, that the day is going to come and you are going to, God is going to take you back out of this country. Or was, was it, I'm trying to think now, was it Joseph? Um, I'm getting it. But anyway, he said, the day is coming, God is going to take you back out of this country, back into the land of promise. And when that happens, he says, you take my bones, you carry my bones with you, and take, you, take me back. And when you read in the book of Exodus, you read that. And when the people of, is, of Israel left Egypt, they carried the bones and they took them back. We're going to have to, to race a bit. Um, okay, because Aminadab, he was the father of Nashon. So let's, what I want you to do is just pass it along and just keep passing the baton because my time is going to run out. I'm not going to be able to. So hold on, just one at a time. You are the uh, Nashon. And Nashon was the father of Salmon. And Salmon, now, do you know how, 
Salmon, this is the main thing. Who did Salmon? What, what point of time was that? Do you remember? When would Salmon have been alive? What was happening? What was the big thing that happened in Salmon's life? They, they, they crossed over the Jordan and went into the promised land and they went into Jericho because Salmon married who? Rahab, the prostitute. So there we are, you know, and what, a, what an amazing story. There's, there's another prostitute comes into this the line of Jesus. Rahab, and, they, and their son was Boaz. So can you pass it on to Boaz? And Boaz was the father, and Boaz married Ruth, who was the Moabitess. And he, their, their child was Obed. All this fathering, passing on the call from one generation to the next. Obed was the father of Jesse. They think, oh yeah, I recognize that name. And Jesse was the father of David the king. Wonderful guy, wasn't he? Great king, was he? Uh, he blew it big time. I mean, in terms of people who dropped the baton, David dropped it really hard. Clanger. He really made a mess of it. And, I mean, David really messed up. But what was pleasing to God was that David knew how to write Psalm 51 and how to say, I'm sorry. And then we read it. David was the father of Solomon by the wife of Uriah the Hittite. What a mix-up. What a mix-up. What a mix-up. We have the next, uh, there we go. And then Solomon, we're going to have to speed along. Solomon was the father of Rehoboam. Rehoboam, the father of Abijah. Abijah, the father of Asa. He actually started quite well, and then he went a bit wrong towards the end. Pass it on. Asaph was the father of Jehoshaphat. Keep, uh, we'll keep the, the baton going. Jehoshaphat was the father of Joram. And Joram was the father of Uzziah, and Uzziah the father of Jotham. Keep the baton going. And Jotham the father of Ahaz, and Ahaz the father of Hezekiah. Pass it over here. And Hezekiah was the father of Manasseh. Whoa, messy. I think you need to drop, drop the baton, madam. Drop the baton, drop the baton. I mean, Manasseh, uh, those of you who know your, 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 the book of Kings and Chronicles, Manasseh was a bad one. But, at the end, he repented. You know, I mean, he was terrible. He was bad. Shout grace. Everybody, everybody's had the baton. Shout grace. Grace, grace. Pick the, pick the baton up again, Manasseh. Pass it on to, to Amos. Amos, you pass it on to Josiah. Josiah, those of you who know the story, he was a good one. He, he really worked for the restoration of the kingdom. Josiah passes it on to Jeconiah. And then at that time, the people are taken into slavery, into Babylon. And then after that, Jeconiah was the father of Shealtiel. Shealtiel was the father of Zerubbabel. Um, Zerubbabel, he was very involved in the restoration of Jerusalem and everything under, under Ezra. Zerubbabel was the father of Abiud. Abiud, the father of Eliakim. Eliakim, the father of Azor. Pass it forward. Azor was the father of Zadok. We can swing it back around here. Zadok, the father of Akim. Akim, the father of Eliud. Eliud, the father of Eliezer. Eliezer, the father of Mathen. Mathen, the father of Jacob. Jacob, the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom Jesus was born, 
who is called the Christ. Do you get a, an idea? Of, and you think, God, how, how did you manage it? You know, with those imperfect people which, who made such a terrible mess of things. So listen, I just want to say, friends, if you've got problems in your family, you know, God is involved in, in fixing messed up families. He does it, you know. Amen. Amen. So let's just run on to the, to the next slide, please. And, you know, it sort of comes to me again, if you uh, go to the next one, that I start thinking about my family, because I think about this family, you know, which is in a sense a picture of the call of God on our life. And I say, how did it come to me? How did I get it? When I think back to that archer in the Battle of Agincourt, was he carrying the baton? Was he carrying the faith? I don't know. I do know, as I look into that story there, I can see certain people, and I know they carried it. And they passed it. I know my parents carried it. I know my grandparents carried it. I know some of my great-grandparents carried it. I don't know all the details. But somehow, in God's amazing grace, shout grace, everybody. One, two, three. Grace! Somehow, this baton reached out. And I say, Father, thank you. All the way from Abraham, all the way down, how it traced, I don't know it. But God, in his amazing grace, brought the baton to me. Now, I have a responsibility. What's my responsibility? I'm to pass it on. I've got to pass it on. You suddenly realize I'm part of a much, much, much bigger picture. Eric, you've got to pass it on. Maddie, they's coming. You've got to pick up the baton, and the day will come, you will have to pass it on. Each one of us, we, our job is we pick it up and we pass it on. So I'm just going to show you my family. Um, you can't see that. They're, they're my five boys. They are their daughters in, uh, my daughters-in-law. And there are my six grandchildren. And there's another two on the way, which I'm excited about. But there we are. There is my family. Um, and you can see Andrew. This is, you remember, most some of you will know that Andrew and Kimmy came over for my wife's 60th birthday. She doesn't look 60, does she? Um, and uh, that was the evening when they arrived and we had this big party. And, um, you know, the, the call of God on my life, the biggest call of God on my life, I feel, is first and foremost, hand the baton on. Hand it on to my boys and then to the, to the next children. To the, to the grandchildren and then you'll, you'll spot that there's one there and you think she doesn't quite fit in the, the girl that's the slightly darker skin and she's actually from Eritrea and we actually foster we have a girl from Eritrea and a girl from Vietnam at the moment and it's my privilege to be able to say look at the calling of God on our lives you can have the baton you want the baton you want to pass it on and you know, my family is not perfect, except for Andrew. And he's <laughs> you know, we we have our tendency to drop the baton. You know, and I won't go into all the details of the of family stories. You know, um, but there are situations where one of the boys would have dropped the baton, and I said, "Pick it up, pick it up." That's the call of God on our life. Pick it up. And they say, "Yes, I'll run with the bishop." And um, um, 
to skip over the next slide, I think. Um, and this whole thing, you know, run for your life. So then we come to this this thing, and as we've been going through this talk, you know, I've had you all shouting, grace, grace, grace. Because for me, there's a very real sense that I'm just part of a much bigger picture here, you know. And I look back, and I think of my mum and dad, and they're shouting, come on, Graham, pass the baton, keep the vision going. And I think of my grandparents, and I think all the way back, and Abraham's there, and cheering us on. Next slide, please. <coughs> Sorry, it's Union Jack flags, but there we go. You had to forgive me, you had to have grace. By faith, Abraham obeyed. By faith, Sarah received power to conceive. By faith, Abraham offered up Isaac. By faith, Isaac invoked future blessings on Jacob and Esau. By faith, Jacob, when dying, blessed each of his sons. By faith, Joseph, at the end of his life, made mention of the exodus and gave direction concerning his bones. Remember, we were talking about that a moment ago. He says, when you go, take my bones with you. By faith, Moses was hidden for three months. By faith, the people crossed the Red Sea as on dry land. Keep going. By faith, Rahab, the prostitute, didn't perish with those who were disobedient because she'd given a friendly welcome. And what more shall I say? And all these, though commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised. They didn't receive it. No, because they're still waiting in hope, in joyful anticipation of that wonderful day. Since God had provided something better for us, that apart from us, they should not be made perfect. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings to us so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross. He despised the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. And I just, I have this amazing picture of all those generations who've gone before us, all those who've carried the faith. They're looking and they're shouting and they're cheering and they're saying, come on, Eric, come on, Eric, you can do it. Come on, Maddie, pick up the baton, run with it. God's got a passion, a passion and a purpose for your life. You know, come on, Mark, come on, each and every one of us. Come on, Andrew. Andrew's had to go to the back because he's doing a bit of tech work. But I would say, Andrew, take the baton. Take the baton. I'm going to give it to you, Maddie. Take the baton because there's a call of God in your life and God wants you to run with that vision. Run on to the next slide. <coughs> I think, you know, what I, I just want to say in closing is things go wrong on the journey. We mustn't be surprised about that. But it's how we respond. You know, do we reach down and pick up that baton? And um, each one of us, we can all tell our stories. We can each talk about the difficulties and the challenges and the hardships that we faced. But in them, God comes alongside us and he says, I'm there with you. I'm there to hold you. I'm there to support you. I'm there to ensure that you finish the race. And God will stick with us right through to I want to show you a short video, uh, which is, uh, I find it um, a passionate one, as a, an example of how when something goes wrong, God steps in and um, 
it, it's like a, a parable, this video, but it's a, it's a true one. We've just got a bit of technical. Are we all set to go? Okay. This is Barcelona in 1980, um, Olympics. you're always faithful. Father, we confess that we we do blow it sometimes. We mess up and we're sorry. But we want to confess all the more the fact that you are such an amazing Father. That you come alongside each one of us. And I pray for those here today who have children. I pray, Father, 
just a release of that ability to be good fathers and mothers, to love and encourage our children, and to show them the battle and encourage them to pick them up. And I pray for those who are children and young people here this afternoon. I pray, Father, that you would help them to pick up that battle and say, yup, I'm running with that battle. That's the call on my life too. And Father, I, I bless you for that great crowd of, of witnesses who look on and stand and cheer and say, come on, come on, grace, amazing grace, amazing grace poured out to each and every one of us. Thank you, Father, for your amazing grace. And I just worship you this afternoon. And I pray, Father, for each one of us to lay hold of your purposes for our life and to pass it on to the next generation. Do it, I pray, for the honor and glory of your name. Thank you, Father.